John chapter 6. Ah, this year we are trusting God to major, major on the theme of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not talking about the book of Revelation. I'm talking about a person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we may call it unveiling Jesus, or we may say the revelation of Jesus. We are saying the same thing. But I'm just telling you where we're going, where we're heading. We're going to Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, over and over and over and over bring you messages, sing you songs, give spoken words, do dramas. What have I not said? What else? Oh, do dances. All that culminate in helping us to get a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what I know. No matter where you are or what you are going through or what you've been, whether it's marital issues, parental issues, children not behaving or not achieving, financial difficulty, favor, sickness, name the subject. There's only one answer. Only one answer. That's what I was trying to arrive at from last week when I was saying to us that the things happening around us is intended to wake us up, to help us begin to look at the singular object that can be the remedy for anything that's happening in our life. Whatever the subject is. So we can be saying, okay, we need more ushers. We need more people in children's ministry. We need more this, we need more that. Yes, those are legitimate needs. But we'll be wasting our time just teaching and preaching about serving, serving, serving. Because if your heart is not right, you're only dealing with the symptom. <clears throat> Addressing symptoms. Bring reformation, which is short-lived. But when you address the heart, you bring what? Transformation. Big difference. There's a difference between reformation and transformation. So a man or a woman is committing adultery. Oh, yeah, adultery is bad. You need to have... it's, it's true, it is bad. I can lecture them. I can cancel them, I can pray for them, and they may be reformed. But if you don't address the heart issue that led to that behavior, it will show up again. So I am saying to you, in 2018, we are not going to be patching. We don't want to deal with surface issues. Now, they are important. I'm not discounting the surface issues. I'm just saying to us, there's only one answer I know. You cannot find, you cannot find a man or a woman 
who has encountered a personal relationship with Jesus who will not be activated in all the things we're talking about. You can't be in the presence of Jesus and commit adultery. You cannot be in the presence of Jesus and slap your wife. You cannot be in the presence of Jesus and torture your husband or torment him. It's not possible. So what I'm saying to us is the singular factor we should be focused on is Jesus. The revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. So our objective all year long is to help us to experience Jesus personally. Jesus is grace personified. You will not find any more grace than that. He is the grace of God 2.0. Period. Amen? So we are going to be spending time to try to know him. You see? Okay, let me, let me. I know we just, this, this, this first Sunday of the year. Last Sunday was New Year's Eve. Sean, it's good to see you, man. Good to see you. Praise God. Last year, last Sunday was New Year's Eve. And I know many of us wrote a long list of New Year's resolutions. If you are like me, you may say, you know, I'm going to cut down Starbucks this year. By the way, my almost addiction with Starbucks started with Pastor IBK. It was one that infected me. But I'm praying God for my, my, my deliverance. <laughs> no, but serious on a serious note. You may have written down and said, you know what, I want, I want to do this. I want to. You have, in fact, many of us made resolutions last Sunday. You broke them already. <laughs> already. So, so you can see the futility of this exercise called New Year's resolution. Listen, the only way, the only way that you can change is that you change. It's not resolutions we need, it's transformations. So now, let's go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Verse 35 and verse 38. John 6, 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Verse 48. One of these very shortest verses in the Bible. I am the bread of life. So if you want to memorize the scripture for this week, verse 48 should be an easy one. I am the bread of life. That should not be, is that too difficult? Can we all say it together? I am the bread of life. Amen. That's it. You just learned one scripture for 2018. Clap for yourselves. Hallelujah. <laughs> I am the bread of life. Amen. Now, in, in, in opening this up, and this morning I'm taking, I'm, I'm just going to talk about Jesus, the bread of life, as part of that revelation, and I'm going to get into the message fully in a minute. Now, in order for us to want to make change, Many times, 
we need to have an experience or haven't gone through something that makes us say, you know what, I have to change. Now, let, let me give you an example. Years ago, my family lived in Atlanta. Very close to downtown. When they rented property in Atlanta years ago. And week after week after week, uninvited guests broke into our house. One week, they still wristwatches. Next week, they still television. Next week, they still money. Week after week after week. In one of those uh, adventures, shall I call it? I don't know what I don't even want to what to call this thing. I just bought a brand new TV for my son, Tokes. So you remember that show? TV, this was I put it in the boys' room. And within two weeks, these guys came in there and took the TV. <laughs> Watch this. And my little boy, my son, that maybe, I don't know how old he was, maybe three, four, I can't remember how old he is. He looked at me and said, Daddy, why did they take my television? Why did they take my television? <laughs> now, mind you, I was born again at this time. <laughs> Man, ask, that thing messed me up. And this little boy is asking me a question. Why, why my own TV? Why, why did they not take yours? <laughs> Man, I mean, for days. So the last time they broke into the house, I mean, each time they break in, we call the police, they'll come, they'll do the report. So finally, on the last time I called them, I would never forget this as long as I live. Tall, bulky, very good-looking African-American policeman. After I took this report, he was about to leave the house. He said to me, bro, can I ask you a question? I said, yes. He said, do you have a piece? I said, a piece? <laughs> <laughs> Now, it took me a minute. You see, I'm a little boy from Africa. I didn't understand what the peace meant. So he broke it down. He said, you have a gun? I said, no. He said, well, you may need to get one. What? Policeman telling him, I need to get one? He said, let me tell you what you need to do with it. He said, the next time the joker comes, if you ever catch him, shoot him and drag him into your house. Whoa! <laughs> My goodness! At that point, I knew I have to make a decision. <laughs> because to continue to live in that kind of fear and trepidation and understanding that even the local law enforcement cannot protect me, I came to a place of helplessness and I had to make a decision. Because of that situation, I thank God for my in-laws, my sister-in-law. We, we had to go live with them for three months while I was, you know, saving some money to make a change. It was hard. It was tough. But they were kind. They were loving. They received us. But it became a disruption for our life. Major disruption. But that disruption led to something good. So what I'm saying to us is, how much do you want to change? 
How much are you willing to continue to live in mediocrity? For how long are you going to live in a land of never enough? For how long are you going to condone and accept things that you know is beneath Jesus' life for you? In John 10, 10, Jesus said, okay, he said, the thief come but not to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, but I am come to give you life and to give more abundantly. Do you have an abundant life right now? And if you don't, what are you going to do about it? Folks, we've got to remove this mindset and just kesera sera. Let's just do business as usual. No, it's not business as usual. When a policeman is telling me, get a gun, otherwise they're, going, they're coming back next week. You go work like a, like a, like a, like a, like a labor, like a, like a slave. You bring your money home and the guys that uninvited just come and take your money. And you don't want to make a change. And you expect that God will just fall from heaven. And, and, no, no. The, the chain begins between our two ears. Our mind. We have to be willing and ready to make a change. Are you hearing me? So what I'm saying to us this morning. Jesus is the change agent. It's a change agent. It's not the resolutions we make. It's not the plans we have. But it's the person we know. Jesus. That's the reason he came to the earth. It's a peace to all men and goodwill to the earth. That was his welcome statement. So life without Jesus, and I'm not talking about, for unbelievers, that's, a, that's another territory. That's a different story entirely. I am not talking about unbelievers this morning. Okay, let me break that down. When I'm talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ, I'm not even talking about unbelievers. No, no, no. For them, it's a, it's a different thing entirely. So, if I say, who is Jesus? We can easily say, oh, he's the son of God. And that's correct. But what does that mean? What does that mean? Jesus is the son of God. Yeah, what does that mean? How is that any different to say, Bank Akimola is the son of Chief Akimola? So what? What does that mean? Does that allow you to know who I am? Just to say, I am the son of Chief Akimola? No. But if you want to know me, then you need to dig a little further. You say, who is this son of Chief Akimola? Okay, now, you're asking a good question. He's a communicator. He pastors a church. He has a wife, three children, two grandchildren. Do you, do you see the difference? The more information you know about me, it begins a revelation of who I really am beyond the title that I'm hiding behind. So when people said, Jesus is the son of God. What does that mean? And Jesus himself recognized that. And that's why in the four gospels, the book of John, Jesus 
answers the question of who he is through seven statements that's found only in the Gospel of John. He answers through seven statements the question about who are you. And this morning, we are taking the very first one. Jesus, the bread of life. That's why we read the scripture in John chapter 6, verse 35, and verse 48. I am the bread of life. Now, you must understand that Jesus is not just throwing words out. We just appreciated Abigail and Bianca for their excellent, distinguished achievement. You must know that Jesus is greater than all of us. That he means what he says and he says exactly what he means. So why did he not say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a carpenter? Why in his introduction, why did he give or introduce himself using these particular seven statements? He did so because he wants to invite you and I into a revelation, into an understanding, into a seeing who he really is. So the very first one, he says, I am the bread of life. Please, can you say that with me this morning? Say, Jesus, Jesus. is the bread of life. The reason I'm asking you to say it, because the more you say it, the more it gets into your spirit, and the more you, the, the more you are going to be able to live it out. It's the bread of life. He chose those words very carefully. Now, let, let, let's, let's, let's look at some. Let's look at some things here. Bread is a very rich metaphor because bread is a staple of life since the beginning of time. Every restaurant in Atlanta don't serve steaks or seafood or onion rings or even chitling or stockfish or panayam every restaurant don't serve all of those things but you find a form of bread in every one of them You find a form of bread in every one of them. Georgians are known for those biscuits and cornbread. If you're in Ethiopia, it'd be injera. If you're a New Yorker, bagel. Ah, if you are Hispanic, tortilla. <laughs> So in one statement, Jesus reminds all of us that he is the sustenance for all people in all places and at all times. And the key word there is all. All people, all places, all times. Even when things were tough, tough, tough in my village, in my village, in Nigeria. When things were tough, bread sellers were all over the streets. In my generation, it was Sangros. 
Is there any Sangros generation here among those Nigerians? Oh, two or three. The rest of you guys. Oh, thank you. Oh, okay, Sangros. Okay, good. For this Sakadeli people, now it's croissant. <laughs> oh my goodness! But anyway, 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 anyway. Let, let me get back to this. let me get back to this. So the issue here is Jesus recognized by telling us that I am the bread of life. Is letting you know right off the bat, if you want to leave. If you want to live, I am the source of your living. When he said I'm the bread of life, he's speaking at two levels. Number one, he's speaking at the level of meeting the physical hunger and need. And you and I know that when you're hungry, you want to eat. And when you eat, the food helps to placate and satisfy that hunger. Is that not correct? So in that sense, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. In other words, I am the one that enables your physical ability to exist. But notice, notice, we just said, Ended a season of celebration and festivity, Christmas, New Year, even Thanksgiving, where food was galore everywhere. On Thanksgiving, Thursday, you sit down, you, you know, eat the food. Man, you wipe your mind and say, man, this is good. And after a while, you say, you know what, I'm full. Hopefully. <laughs> Watch what happens. You've met the need of that physical hunger by eating. Is it not amazing, as full as you are, three, four hours later, you're hungry again? Is that not what happens? So Jesus comes to meet two needs. Number one, the physical hunger. But in John chapter 6, he tries to tell these people, he said, listen, not only will I give you bread that will satisfy you physically, but there's a greater need than your physical need. And that is the need for your soul being satisfied. So what Jesus was doing by giving this metaphor, um, the bread of life, he's saying what natural physical food is to you in the physical. Ah, Jesus I am also that to you in the spirit. In other words, just as you need to feed yourself in the physical to, 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 to survive, likewise, you need to feed your soul in order to live. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This speaks into the scripture that says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his soul. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So it's not just the physical need we're trying to meet, it's also meeting the spiritual need. Now let's just go now to the text itself and look at some things. John chapter 6, let's start from verse, verse 4. Let's glean some things very quickly. John chapter 6, begin from verse 4. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews was near. 
Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that this may eat? Very, very interesting. I'm going to read on a little bit more, but before I just go that, let, let me just take a pause there. Did you, did, you, did you hear what I just read? Who initiated meeting the need? Oh. Oh. This speaks to who he is as Jehovah Jireh. You know what that name Jehovah Jireh means? The God that sees a need and makes provision for the need before the need ever arises. Oh my God. You guys didn't hear me? Jehovah Jireh means God who sees the need and makes a provision for the need before the need shows up. So here he is. He saw all this multitude. And he said to, he said to himself, my goodness, these guys, in, in, in a couple of hours, they'll be hungry. Before they ever feel the first hunger pain, what can I, as the bread of life, do to meet that need? This is a classic example of the finished work in manifestation. He finished the work for their need before they ever knew they had a need. So the next time you go to God, begging, whining, just be aware. He already got the memo. The memo was written before you were born. He understands intimately what you need, what it's going to take for you to be who he designs for you to be. He fearfully and wonderfully made you. Nothing about you will surprise him or cause a panic in heaven. It's not possible. So he asked the question. Seeing a great money to come towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that this may eat? Next verse. But this is said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. He already has the solution. This is just a pop quiz. Philip, you've been following me for two years. How, what, what have you learned? Now, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. He wants to know, have you learned anything? Because if you read the context of this story, they just left a place where it just did a miracle. They just did a miracle. So if anything, they should by now be aware, they should be conscious, they should be know that nothing, there's nothing we need. This man here was supplied. But unfortunately, humans don't learn fast. This is, this is, this is huge. Because many of us in this room will experience in some way the blessing of God, the favor of God, the supernatural moving of God. In our, we, have, we all have in some way. But you know what's so amazing? The next time you have a need, you still cry. You still cry as if you are alone. And God is screaming, how much, how many more signs will I give you? What else do I have to do to show you that I'm in your corner? We are quick to forget the benevolence we received yesterday. Because we've been blinded by the need we have today. 
On. Come on. Philip answered him, 200 dinara worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. So Philip, like many of us, focuses on the problem. That's what's happening. Jesus is saying, well, how are we going to feed these guys? He said, oh, man, Jesus, what are you talking? <laughs> a year's wages of bread. It's not enough for these guys. Are you kidding me? So he's so engrossed in a problem, he cannot see the solution in front of him. Listen, we are like Philip. Because we know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We know he has made a promise. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So no matter how dark it is, no matter how tough the situation is, no matter where you find yourself, Jesus is not absent. He's there. But like Philip, we are so focused on the problem, we miss the solution. Next verse. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lot here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? So Philip said, the need is too big. The brother here says, are you kidding me? This little stuff, it dismisses the little thing. Because again, it's looking at the big problem. How many times do you and I discount what we have? Clamoring for what we don't have. Five loaves and two fishes. Ah, what is this among so many? Jesus don't need many. He just needs something. He can rule by few or by many. He's just looking for a willing heart who will trust me with whatever is available. Five loaves, two fishes. What is this among so many? Very dismissive. Very dismissive. So you and I disqualify ourselves. We say, well, I don't speak good English. Do you speak an English? Because they're not looking for good English. They're looking for English. You disqualify yourself. Ah, oh, well, I don't know. I'm a woman. Really? They're not looking for gender. They're looking for a person. I mean, we have all this checklist. We are comparing ourselves with ourselves. And Jesus said, whatever you have, just bring it. I mean, listen, this, this, is what, this is what I like about scriptures. Don't take what I'm saying for, go and search the scriptures. Remember the widow? Elijah said, what do you have in your house? I have nothing. But the crucifix. ah, that's enough. It's not how many you have, but it's that you have something. Whatever you have, bring it. This is where the grace of God comes in. The grace of God gives added value to whatever you have. I like the way Brother Huam said it in one of our men's meetings. He said he receives each one of his children as a gift from God. Seed. A gift. God gave a boy. God gave a girl. He, by the grace of God, takes what God gave him, multiplies it, and gives it back to God. 
So I got a girl, I give God back a pharmacist. I got a boy, I give God back a doctor. That is the multiplying effect of grace in our lives. So it's not how much you have, it's what you do with what you have. Don't be dismissive. Whatever little thing you think you have, talent, money, gift, kindness, use it. Use it where you are. Don't wait for until you are in a stadium to use Use it right now where you are. Now, in both cases, Philip and Andrew, we see clearly the helplessness without Jesus. Because Philip says, he's focusing on the problem. Andrew was dismissive of what he had. And in both of those situations, we see how helpless we can without Jesus. Now, as I was doing this note, I remember something that happened to us years ago. My wife and I, Sammy, Pastor Melvin, Pastor, yeah, Pastor Melvin Womack and his wife were in Kano, Nigeria. We just finished doing some meetings. They dropped us off at the airport in Kano to fly back to Lagos. We had a ticket from Kano back to Lagos. The only problem was Nigeria Airways, was not, they chose not to fly that day without any notice. The guest, the, 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 yeah, our guest pastor, uh, our host pastor had taken us to the airport. We were sitting in the, uh, what do they call this place? In the lounge. They're going to call the flight at 4 o'clock. We're waiting. One thirty, no call. 2 o'clock, no call. 2.30, no call. 3 o'clock, no call. 4 o'clock, departure time has come. Nobody. No, not, not even a courtesy to say, your flight is canceled. Nothing! We just sit there. What are we going to do? True story. Five people. So a flight came. One, I don't know if it's Cabo Air, somebody, some guy just came. We all rushed to the tarmac and the guy said, no, 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 I'm not flying. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> some, am I joking? The captain told us with his own mouth, I've been flying all day. I'm tired. I'm, I'm my, Okay, so anyway. So we know we're not going on that one. So we went back to the lounge. And then all of a sudden, about two hours later, we hear another commotion. We all ran out again. A flight that was unscheduled is not available. It's now available, but we have a problem. They will not accept our ticket, and nobody's giving us any refund, and we had no money. Am I joking? No money. Five people. How in the heck am I going to conjure money for five people all of a sudden? And I'm the leader of the group. Praise God. <laughs> we were helpless. Now there's a flight, but we have no money to buy the ticket. Watch this. In that very second, a man walked to me and he said to me, are you Pastor Bang? I said, yes. He said, are you going to be on this next flight to Lagos? 
I said, I would like to. <laughs> but I'm handicapped because I don't have any money. I bought a ticket on the previous flight, no refund. I said, that would, he said, that would not be a problem. I said, oh, by the way, you need to understand, it's not just me. There are five of us. And the guy said, I said, there's no problem. And in the brown paper bag, am I joking, something? He had a brown paper bag with him, and he brought out the money and paid for all five of us. Now, I don't know the man's name. I didn't know him before, nor have I ever seen him since. Mm. You want to tell me that God would not take care of his own? I'm sorry, that memo is too late. I've been in way too many situations where seemingly my back had been to the wall. And this bread of life stepped in at the right moment to not only declare what he said, but to perform it. Now you are going to tell me that God is not faithful? Please hear me and hear what I'm saying correctly. While I was sitting in that lounge, to be honest with you, I was not praying. No, 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 no. No, there's a place for prayer. I, want, I don't want you to minimize that, please. There's a place for prayer. But I'm just trying to help you understand what the revelation of Jesus does. He already said, I am with you, what? Always. In good times, I'm with you. In bad times, I'm with you. In no times, I'm with you. No matter where you are, I am with you. Listen, I just want to preach for him. I didn't go to Canada on vacation. He sent me. So I must, I should have a confident expectation that if he sent me, he will bring me back. Amen. The guy went to that brown bag, brought out all the cash, and paid for all five tickets, and we marched on that aircraft. Nobody knew what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. And no matter how turbulent the flight was, I knew I was going to make it to Lagos. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. If God would do all of that, you think the plane will crash? It cannot crash. No. It doesn't matter. The pilot could be as drunk as he wants to be. He will make, the, he will make it safely. <laughs> because it's not the one flying the plane. <laughs> Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I meet your physical needs and I meet your spiritual needs. Okay, I cannot finish this, but let me just give you enough. Because what Jesus was teaching those guys that day, he was trying to help them internalize the Lord's Prayer, which he had taught them a few chapters earlier. Give us this bread, this day, our daily bread. Go and read that prayer. That was the first petition in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. That will be done in heaven, I mean in earth as it is in heaven. Next thing, the first petition, give us this day our daily bread. He started them that. 
But you know that they are like, like us. They didn't catch it. They didn't even though he taught them, you know they did not understand it. So I'll show it to you. I'll demonstrate what I taught you. I want you to internalize what I just said to you that give us this day our daily bread. What is your daily need? What is the daily need you have? I, Jesus, the Son of God, the bread of life, I'm the solution to that need. Whether it's in my marriage, in my finance, in my relationship, in my studies, in my business, give us this this day, our daily bread. Whatever your allotment, your whatever you find yourself needing for that day, Jesus is the answer for it. So every day, we should invoke him. Jesus, I thank you. You are my bread of life. I go out today to the marketplace. I'm looking at you. I'm looking unto you. I'm expecting you, Jesus, to meet today every need I have. Whatever it is. When I meet with my boss, when I meet with my uh, subjects, when I meet with my friends, whatever that need is. I need the wisdom for the hour. Jesus, you are my wisdom today. You are my finance today. You are my help today. Jesus, I'm trusting you just like I eat bread and I'm full physically. Even so, I'm trusting you that in my soul as I look unto you, the needs will be met. Do you understand what I'm saying? The takeaway, as I, as I cut this off now, I have to pick this up. Are you going to be that little boy or that little girl who brought the five loaves and two fishes? The five loaves and two fishes were for the boy. But when the need arose, he released it. So that the needs of others can be met. What are you holding on to that could meet my need? Or the need of somebody next to you? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It could be money. It could be your kindness. It could be your love. It could be your service. You have something. You have five loaves and two fishes as you are looking at me right now. Five loaves, two fishes in your hands that Jesus wants to multiply. He wants to multiply and feed or meet the needs of others. Don't discount your five loaves. Don't minimize your two fishes. Just say, God, here it is. Here it is. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Give me that. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, We are naming 2018 as the year of the revelation of Jesus. In all of his ramifications, every teaching, every speaker, every song, every dance, every spoken word, every drama, and hopefully every interaction with one another, we want to be saturated with who you are. Paul prayed to the Galatian church. He said, I travel. In birth, that Christ be formed in you, Galatians. And so, Father God, that's our prayer. That's our burden. That Christ be formed in every man and every woman. That we come to a place of personal experience and personal encounter and personal relationship with you. That's where we're going. That's what we desire. Help us. Help us to make this a reality.
give an unction to every man, every woman in this house who function in any capacity to flow in this measure that you are giving us. Father, we thank you, we bless you, we praise your name because you are great in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, as part of all of that exercise, the entire month of February, every Sunday in February, we are going to devote it to building strong families. Every Sunday in February, we are going to devote the whole month to building strong families. Okay? So, the first Sunday, we're going to address the singles. The single people. We're going to give them tools according to Jesus that will help them to have a fruitful, thriving, wonderful, fulfilling, satisfying life. Singles and whole. The second Sunday, we're going to address single parenting. Single parenting. We want our children to excel in whatever they do. But we understand that it cannot happen if us parents don't change. Don't make some adjustments. Don't get transformed. And in the last two Sundays, we're going to address marriage families generally. Newlyweds under three, four, five years. Those that's raising uh, uh, teenage children and those that's raising adult children. We just want to make sure our families are strong. That when you go to the marketplace, they say, oh, wow, man, how are you doing it? You, 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 you're thriving. We want the testimony of Jesus all over the city, all over this nation, to the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I mentioned to you last week that my role is going to, I'm going to become a conductor. Remember that? Yes. And being a conductor, uh, part of that, I'm not sure if I said it last week, I'm going to be deeply, heavily involved in training. Because my joy, my desire is to put everything I have in you so that you can go out there and excel and thrive in whatever God is asking you to do. Yes, I'll do puppet ministries. Absolutely. I will do that. But, among, but along with that, I want to be able to facilitate ministry. When I'm not preaching, you're going to see me walking around. Don't get carried away. I'm not going crazy. I'm just, I'm just, being, I'm just being a conductor. Amen? Amen? But along with that, I'm going to be deeply involved in trainings. So I'm going to do major trainings every quarter. Major trainings. So the first one is January 20. And I'm going to be training from the book we wrote. Every believer a minister. Every believer a minister. Every believer a minister. January 20. It's going to be intense. We can't do this in the pulpit on Sunday morning. Because as you see, I had to cut short the message because some of you have rice on the stove that, that, that will burn. So I have to allow you to go and eat your chicken and rice. This training will be like 9 to 3. It's intense. But to the glory of God, I believe it's something that you need. So that you can be adequately prepared for where God is taking you. There are things, in fact, everything this training in this manner. I've not shared, never shared any in church. How many of these do we have, Revelation? How many manuals like this? To answer me, man. Over what? I didn't say how many copies. I said how many manuals? How many different titles? Huh? 16. 16. So I've not been playing. We have not been playing. We've been preparing for this season. So I'm encouraging you, sign up. 
Oh, by the way, it's not free. I'm sorry. And the reason it's not free is because it took money to produce this. How about? This is, we didn't use toilet paper for this. Can you, can you, is, is it good quality? It's good. 